Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Digest and Invest podcast. Uh, I am Josh Gilbert, back after a little hiatus. Um, Sam North and Ben Laidler have held down the hatchet for me whilst being away. And uh, I'm pleased to say Ben is back with us today. Ben, how are you? Yeah, great. Thanks for having me back. No, it's uh, a pleasure. In these markets. So you're a special guest. You're probably our, our uh, most renowned guest, so uh, we might have to keep you keep you in we'll just have to add you into the, the title somewhere um but as you say it's been a it's been a crazy couple of weeks since uh since i've been away we've had a lot of happening we've got a big week this week as well um so i think it would be good to obviously cover the sort of hotter inflation reading that we got from the us last week uh and then we've obviously got the fed's rate decision uh, today or you know possibly would have already gone by the time you, you guys are listening to this and then I also think we need to probably cover quickly what's going on in, in crypto, given that we've uh, had a bit of a rout in the last few days and that the, the, the market is now following below a trillion dollars um, from its high of three trillion and, and Bitcoin's drawdown is more than 67%. So I think that's probably the, the three topics for today, Ben. Start, eh? It's a, it's a, it's a long list. Um, so, you know, the big driver is, is this high for longer inflation. And therefore, the bigger hike in U.S. interest rates that are going to be needed to bring that down. Uh, and I'm sure we're going to get into sort of all of that in a bit more detail. Um, but it's not just the U.S. Uh, the European Central Bank is about to follow suit uh, and raise interest rates. And this is you know, really starting to hurt European markets. Um, you know, as we record this, the European Central Bank is holding an unscheduled meeting to figure out what they're going to do about, you know, bond yields blowing out in europe so you know it's not just it's not just the us it's also in um uh, in, in in europe and they're already dealing with these sky high energy prices that refuse to come down so you know there's, there's plenty to worry about um but also you know some relatively good news um you know china the world's second largest economy biggest manufacturer biggest buyer of commodities uh, has you know just started reopening after their latest sort of zero covid lockdown uh, they've been cutting interest rates. Uh, they're also, you know, now easing back, you know, the regulatory pressure uh, on 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 their tech sector. So, you know, it's a pretty grim world out there, but um, it's not all bad. And um, you know, someone like China, I think we we have you know some hopes that um, uh, you know at least one of the engines for the global economy continues to you know maybe maybe starting to fire up again. Yeah, it's not just the ECB calling those uh, emergency markets. We had the RBA here in Australia called a sort of emergency meeting overnight as well. Uh, Governor Lowe came out with a, with a press conference as well. So it's all go. It seems like sort of, as you sort of said there, that maybe central banks haven't got as quite a hold of it as they as they thought they, they had. But, um, and on that point, we obviously had that surprise on the inflation front, uh, hotter reading in the US than sort of analysts expected. Um, and we've had a few really tough sessions, obviously since that reading. Um, this was obviously then a sign that price pressures are becoming sort of entrenched in the economy. 
But can you give us some sort of insight into that reading and sort of why inflation is so sticky in the US right now? It's a great question, right? Because I think, you know, if we have to drill down to one issue that's really driving markets right now, it, it, it's inflation. Um, you know, we were hoping that US inflation had peaked and would start to ease uh, and that this would there allow the Fed to take its foot off, you know, the interest rate pedal. Uh, but clearly that didn't happen. Uh, not only did inflation rise to a new 40-year high of 8.6%, but those underlying pressures just become, you know, increasingly worryingly broad-based. Um, so, you know, I, I guess sort of a couple of drivers to that, right? So, the, you know, one was the usual suspects, you know, commodity prices, um, you know, continue to soar, energy costs up 35%, food up, you know, 10%. Um, but, you know, the, even these are becoming stickier as you know, we're in this sort of commodity regime of sort of high for longer prices. Um, but I think what really concerns the Fed um, is one, housing prices. Uh, this is by far the largest part of the US inflation basket. Uh, and, um, you know, it's a bit stickier. Uh, once it gets going, it's really difficult to to bring down. And, and it's really beginning to get going now. Um, and this is not too much of a surprise. I mean, US house prices are up 20% in the past year. So the fact that... Um, you know, housing inflation sort of following that is not too much of a surprise. But, you know, unfortunately, once it does begin to move and with it being such a big portion of the inflation basket, that's a real concern. Uh, and then the other one, you know, more broadly, is just how tight the U.S. labor market is. Uh, I mean, unemployment near record lows in the U.S. Um, and in other markets, right, including including the U.K. This is not just about this is not just about, uh, you know, the U.S. Uh, and this is pushing up wages. And this impacts, you know, all areas of the economy, all parts of the inflation basket. So housing and wages, I think, are the two areas that the Fed is most concerned about uh, and they're most keen to ease back. And this is where it links into interest rates. You know, that's the lever that they have to, um, you know, bring those two things down over time. So this is why um, you know, markets are reacting, because the Fed response to this is a much more dramatic increase in, um, uh, in, in interest rates. Yeah. And, and interestingly, talking about wages there, not to, to bring back to Australia again, but the, the minimum wage uh, was increased today by 5.2% uh, here in Australia, which took quite a few people, uh, obviously, by surprise. And again, then sort of showing that that's probably going to uh, have then put that pressure on sort of inflation and sort of ANZ, one of the biggest banks here in Australia, sort of then revised their inflation target for, for 7%, which obviously is going to mean more aggressive uh, a rate cycle here in, in Australia. Just when we thought we, we might get away with, uh, with that, without that higher inflation, it creeps back on us. Um, but again- You're telling that, me they're only going to give you a, they're only going to give you a 5% pay rise? What can I say, Ben? Do you know? What can I say? <laughs> can I say? Um, but yeah, look, I mean, obviously that, that inflation number um, now means that this week's Fed decision is going to be even more interesting. So uh, it's going to come out obviously today, um, probably um, tomorrow morning for, for those listening in here in Australia. Um, but at the start of last week, you know, we were expecting a 0.5% hike. Now it seems that it's 0.75% is what the market is pricing in. But there's also talks over a more aggressive 1% hike, which is unlikely, but there's discussions of it. Um, Jerome Powell and, and probably others in the Fed are sort of facing a fair bit of criticism at the moment. So does a 75 basis point hike regain some credibility for the Fed showing that they are then taking control? Um, or do then does it mean actually the opposite? Is it underscoring how poor their forecasting has ultimately been? Um, and then also, what, what do you expect from this uh, meeting today and, and how do you think markets will react? 
yeah, so, so hindsight is twenty twenty, but you know the Fed is clearly now rushing to catch up with this sort of new inflation reality that that, that we have right now. Uh, you know, markets are expecting a bigger and a faster interest rate cycle. You know, I think correctly. So seventy five basis points for not only for this meeting, but also you know potentially for for some of the following meetings, and a U.S. interest rate cycle that doesn't peak until you know probably near four percent in the middle of next year. So that's still quite a long way to go uh, from the, you know, the 1% level we're at today. Uh, and basically, you know, the sooner they get on it, the sooner they can sort of cool the economy and cool inflation down. Uh, and then we can get back to, you know, starting to cut those interest rates. Um, so, you know, it's a real case of sort of take your medicine now um, and you have to take maybe a little bit less uh, later on. Uh, the problem in the meantime, bringing it back to markets is twofold. Uh, one, higher interest rates and higher bond yields, you know, cut the present value of future cash flows uh, and brings down valuations. Um, and this is especially the case for those expensive bits of the market like tech. Uh, and this is what's driven the correction so far, um, or the bear market we're now in uh, so far this year. Um, secondly, um, you know, the bigger and longer this interest rate upcycle goes, the more that people are worrying that this is going to tip us into an economic recession. Um, and what that brings with it is a sharp fall in company earnings. So normally company earnings fall something like 20% in a recession. Right now, company earnings haven't fallen at all. So, you know, we've had one shoe which has dropped, which has been valuations. And if you want to get bearish, we have another shoe which is about to drop, um, which, is, uh, which, which is earnings. So this is, you know, driving the volatility uh, in markets that we've seen in the last, um, you know, in, in the last week or so, as markets have basically repriced this um, this new reality of sort of high for longer uh, inflation, higher interest rates, and increasing recession risks. Yeah, and you know, we obviously talked about the company earnings there as well. It was interesting looking at sort of fact set that said that a higher number of companies um, were citing inflation. Uh, as an issue on their sort of corporate earnings reports, but actually the 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 earnings um, estimates were were unchanged, like you say. So uh, so far, that's a, a positive to to take away from uh, you know a difficult market to take positives from. Uh, and unfortunately, crypto isn't coming in to save the day either. Um, it's also looking pretty bleak, unfortunately. Um, and we've fallen below some pretty key levels since. Um, I've sort of been away. We're sort of really now flirting with that sort of 20,000 level. Today, we're trading about 21,000. Um, and that's all on the back of some obviously pretty big fallouts in the last month with Luna and then obviously the Celsius news in the last sort of few days. Um, and like I say, Bitcoin is getting mighty close to that 20,000 level, which is going to be a key level of support. And we're obviously seeing altcoin struggle as well. However, this is par for the course, as we probably know, being um, you know a crypto investor and being in crypto markets, we've seen this before, um, and we've seen these corrections um, of this sort of magnitude plenty of times before. So how does this correction, do you think, differ from what we've seen in the past, and, and what positivity um, can we give to those long-term investors in amongst a lot of negativity um, and, and you know, a lot of weakness in, in the shorter term? Yeah, you're right. I mean, we've seen, you know, well over 10, 50 percent plus sort of Bitcoin corrections in the last sort of decade. Um, 
but it doesn't make it any less painful. Um, uh, and, um, you know, for many investors, it'll be sort of the first big crypto, you know, decline that, that, that they've seen. Um, now, some of this, um, you know, big pullback is driven by the sort of broader sort of risk off markets that, that we've just been talked about. Uh, but some of it's also, you know, self-inflicted, right? We've seen Celsius, we've seen Luna, we had the temporary withdrawal problems at, at, at Binance. Um, but but I guess I, I, I would make sort of two points, um, you know, slightly more positively. One, um, the broadening institutionalization sort of we've been seeing. So these, you know, these big traditional um, sort of asset managers, pension funds, you know, hedge funds, um, you know, this is an asset class which is already very well owned by retail investors. Um, but adoption now, I think, is is being driven by the institutions. You know, they have these you know bigger, deeper pockets, um, and I think this institutionalization will drive um, you know the next sort of upturn in uh, uh, in, in crypto. Um, that's the good news. You know, the bad news it does have a sort of negative sort of lining to it, which is that it's also been driving these much higher correlations with you know equities the nasdaq tech and, and this has just been adding to you know the volatility that, that, that we've been seeing um the second thing I, I i would say is you know despite all the you know the price fall and everything else um the asset class just continues to continues to develop whether it's you know the upcoming ethereum merge to to um you know proof of stake whether it's the building use cases whether it's the ramp up in venture funding um, whether it's you know the the these the sort of regulatory guardrails that are beginning to be put in uh, uh, put in place, you know, all this is happening regardless of this sort of price pullback, uh, and it actually in some cases is maybe being accelerated, you know, by it. If we think about you know maybe um, you know maybe regulation, um, and I think you know this all it, it, let's not lose sight of that, right? I think this does set the asset class up for a rebound and puts it in a sort of stronger shape for when that rebound um you know will will ultimately come yeah absolutely and, and as you say it does continue just to sort of move forward whether like you say that's the eth margin and ultimately it's probably going to mean that we're going to see probably an accelerated regulation um coming through as you say because uh, i think it shows more than ever that it, that it is clearly needed uh, as well so some great points to obviously take away there as well um and we've got a big week obviously still to come so we'll obviously be back next week to uh, digest it all um ben thank you very much for joining us today yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Uh, and for all uh, you know, other podcasts, webinars, uh, guides, etc., head over to the eToro Academy where you can find it all and we'll break it down. And as I say, we'll be back here next week to break it all down for you uh, and hopefully uh, the markets will be in a bit of a brighter mood. Uh, enjoy your week uh, and take care. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.